No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we return to our study of the book of Isaiah, where the prophet warns against relying on Egypt for help against the Assyrians. God will deliver Jerusalem and roar over Assyria as a lion roars over its prey. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Isaiah chapter 31 on Simply the Bible. In chapters 28 through 33, Isaiah gives six woes against the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah. The woe can be translated, what sorrow awaits. The woes came because of the people's idolatry and disobedience. In chapter 31, this woe came because Judah relied upon Egypt to help them rather than upon the Lord. The threat was the Assyrian invasion. Already the Assyrians had conquered many cities in Judah. Now the leaders in Jerusalem felt that they were no match for the dreaded Assyrians. But rather than seeking the help and protection from the Lord, they sent envoys to Egypt carrying treasures on the backs of donkeys to hire their protection from the Egyptians. We continue in Isaiah chapter 31. Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help and rely on horses, who trust in chariots because they are many, and in horsemen because they are very strong, but who do not look to the Holy One of Israel, nor seek the Lord. Yet he also is wise and will bring disaster, and will not call back his words, but will arise against the house of evildoers and against the help of those who work iniquity. Now the Egyptians are men and not God, and their horses are flesh and not spirit. When the Lord stretches out his hand, both he who helps will fall and he who is helped will fall down. They all will perish together. Isaiah's woe agreed with Deuteronomy 17.16, where the Lord instructed the kings of Israel not to return to Egypt to multiply horses. God had delivered them from Egypt, and they were not to return that way ever again. Horses and chariots were considered the formidable weapon of the day. Nations that had these were considered to have a great advantage over the nations who lacked them. But God did not want them to multiply horses because he wanted them to rely upon him to be their formidable weapon. In scripture, Egypt always pictures the world. As the Israelites were called out of Egypt, so we are called out of this world. Once God has delivered us from this world, he doesn't want us to go back. He doesn't want us to rely upon the world system, but upon him. And he doesn't want us to lean upon the arm of flesh, but to trust in God, who is spirit. Jesus said in John 6, 63, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. And yet there is this human tendency to lean on the strength of the flesh. Somehow we 
think it's more tangible because it's something that we can see. Yet the flesh is weak and unreliable compared to the Lord, who is always faithful to his children, always faithful to his promises, and who blesses those who seek him and call upon his name. Now, Isaiah said that God is wise and will bring disaster. You see, he does things as he wills. He is sovereign in the kingdoms of men. He had raised up Assyria to be his instrument of judgment. And in the future, he would raise up King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon and call him my servant. He would also raise up resistance to any effort to rely upon Egypt for support. Moreover, God will not call back his words. When he says that he will do something, he will surely bring it to pass. He is unchanging. Now, as we look at world events, we can rest assured that God is in control. He is working in all things to accomplish his will. He doesn't miss anything. He plans it in advance. When we don't know what he is up to and we don't know what we should do about it, we cannot go too far wrong by humbling ourselves and seeking him and say, Lord, what would you have us do? The storms will pass, but the meek who trust in the Lord will inherit the earth and God will be a shelter to his people who call upon his name. He will bring disaster against those who oppose him and his people. Now, viewing this situation from God's perspective, it certainly didn't make sense. Why would they rely upon Egyptians who were mere men and flesh when they could rely upon God who is omnipotent and who is spirit? The spirit always is superior to the flesh because the flesh passes away, but the spirit endures forever. Now, because the rulers of Judah had gone against the word of God in seeking support from Egypt, God would stretch out his hand and both the Egyptian helpers and those who were helped by them would perish. Think of how much money and grief they could have spared themselves if they would have only just trusted the Lord to begin with. Verse 4, For thus the Lord has spoken to me, As a lion roars, and as a young lion over his prey, when a multitude of shepherds is summoned against him, he will not be afraid of their voice, nor be disturbed by their noise. So the Lord of hosts will come down to fight for Mount Zion and for its hill, like birds flying about. So will the Lord of hosts defend Jerusalem, defending. He will also deliver it, passing over. He will preserve it. Now, the lion is fearless as he attacks his prey. He is not concerned about the sheep or even their shepherds. He is not afraid of their shouting voices. Likewise, God would not fear the Assyrians, who would be his prey, and neither would he fear the shepherds of Judah and Egypt. And as eagles fly overhead, protecting their little ones in the nest, so the Lord would hover over his people, defending, protecting, and preserving them. And as he had passed over them in Egypt, not bringing the death angel against their firstborn, so he would now pass over them in Jerusalem, not bringing about judgment, even though 
In many ways, they deserved it, but he was going to show them mercy. Yahweh of the armies of heaven would fight for Zion. How much better is his help than the arm of flesh? Oh, that the church would learn this lesson to seek the Lord, to follow his word, and to rely upon the power of the Holy Spirit rather than the schemes of men to accomplish the work that he's called us to do. Our God will fight for us, and he will conquer our adversary, the devil. Return to him, against whom the children of Israel have deeply revolted. For in that day, every man shall throw away his idols of silver and his idols of gold, sin, which your own hands have made for yourselves. Then Assyria shall fall by a sword not of man, and a sword not of mankind shall devour him. Now Isaiah calls upon the people to return to the Lord rather than trusting in their idols, rather than leaning on the splintery rod of Egypt. If they would just return to the Lord, then they would find refuge in him and he would bless and prosper them. Sadly, even though they would experience divine intervention in delivering them from the Assyrians, they would not break off their idolatry and disobedience. And if they did return to the Lord, it was short-lived. Therefore, in roughly 100 years, God would bring the Babylonians against them who would destroy Jerusalem and the temple and take the people into captivity. Whenever we hear the call of God to return to him, we should immediately cut off our sins, cut off anything that would hinder us from coming to God. As it says in Hebrews, to cast off every weight and the sin that so easily entangles and to come to the Lord, returning to him. He is merciful and he is quick to relent of the disaster he pronounces for those who humble themselves and repent of their sins. If only people would be so quick to turn back to the Lord as he is to save them. Now Isaiah looks to the future when everyone of Judah and Israel would throw away their idols. And of course, this looks forward to the millennial kingdom. They will have no more idols. Now they would turn away from idols as they would come back from the Babylonian captivity but still, this looks forward to the time in the future when there would be total restoration. Now, the immediate threat of Assyria, God would take care of. Assyria would fall by a sword, but not of man. This was literally fulfilled because God would send forth one angel and in one night he would slay 185,000 Assyrians. He probably referring to the king of Assyria, Sennacherib, would flee from the sword and his young men shall become forced labor. Now we know that Sennacherib would go back to Nineveh and be killed shortly thereafter by his two sons. It says he shall cross over to his stronghold for fear and his princes shall be afraid of the banner, says the Lord, whose fire is in Zion and whose furnace is in Jerusalem. Now, the Bible says that our God is a consuming fire. His fiery furnace would be in Jerusalem. I believe this is speaking of the judgment God would bring upon the Assyrians. 
It could also be a play on words because the altar in the temple was the place of offerings made by fire. And now the Assyrians themselves would be sacrificed, as it were, on the altar. God would surely fight for his people. We all have this human tendency to rely upon what we can see and touch, but it is the unseen things that are real and permanent. May God help us to look away from the things of the flesh, the things of this world that we see, and to the things of the Spirit, the things of the kingdom that we cannot see. By trusting in the Lord who we cannot see, we will find real permanent power against our adversary, the devil. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are a true and reliable help in days of trouble. Father, as we look around our world today, there is so much uncertainty, so much confusion. And yet, Lord, we know that you are sovereign over all nations. We pray, Father, that you would help us to rely upon you, to look to you, to the things that are unseen, trusting in you with all of our heart, that we might find your deliverance in the day of trouble. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. Tomorrow we will see where Isaiah predicts the future kingdom of righteousness and peace. Then the people will understand, generous ones will stand, and the land will be fruitful. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Isaiah on Simply the Bible.